Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Gaming Ride Home. I am Kyle Hilliard, but hey, you hear from me all the time if you're a subscriber. You're here to listen to an interview with Benjamin Truman, who is credited as a writer and designer on Black Mesa, the full remake of Half-Life that started as a fan project and then turned into a full-blown release over the course of more than a decade. I talked to Truman about what it's like to work on a game for more than 10 years, how much of the game the team ended up changing in its remake, why Zen was overhauled so heavily, and how the team managed to get the game out the door right before the release of Half-Life Alex. So when did, do you, have you been with the project the whole time? Not the entire time, but I mean... Uh... Almost, maybe maybe under a year uh, after they started up, I got involved. Okay, so more than a decade, right? Yes, I mean it's it's astonishing. I turned thirty six uh, last year, and uh, I realized that I've been working on this game for like more than a third of my life. At that point, oh, it was boy. just <laughs> it was like astonishing to like see the numbers like that. Was there a line that it crossed when it became a full time? gig or is it a full-time gig or is it still uh, like a secondary thing it uh for me it's kind of it's it's uh it's definitely the the primary focus of my time you know uh work-wise uh but i also have like a part-time job uh teaching at a school here in tucson arizona and i've done some writing work for like comic books and stuff like that also um now that we've released the game kind of going forward we're looking into you know trying to move contractors into like full-time workers in a like a company-like setting uh but that's just you know that's just the the wheels turning still on that kind of stuff yeah Uh, so what what is your role exactly what what is your title what did you do for uh the for black mesa I started off as a uh, a writer. I kind of uh, made a job for myself on the team. Uh, a friend of mine they, they told me that they could probably bring me on as a a, a modeler. But we had um we okay I guess to, to start at the beginning we had all a large contingent of us from Crowbar Collective had all actually met at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh when we were all attending that school for the uh, our game art and design uh, bachelor's degrees, and that's how a lot of us like got involved on the the team at the time like the Black Mesa Source team was just kind of like one got on from school and then kind of like held the door open and waved in a bunch more of us and we all kind of. Uh, you know, got in there and took up like a pretty good chunk of the, the actual team it was like a good group of like localized people in Pittsburgh. And uh, some of my friends, they called me up and they said like they knew I was a huge Half-Life fan. And so they had offered me a, a you know, a chance to like do modeling work, 3D modeling work on the team. And I was not very uh, passionate or interested in modeling work, but I did know 
from my connection with these guys that they didn't have like a uh, a writer on the team, and that was always my uh, my favorite thing, you know, my my main passion uh, outside of actual game design. And so I I kind of uh, insinuated myself, like inserted myself onto the team in a writer position. And so then that took you know uh, adapting the old script, making sure that it was uh, could also like fit or utilize all the new things that the source engine uh, presented, you know, like creating like new dialogue for NPCs, uh, setting up the scenes in FacePoser, the Valve uh, source SDK, like choreography tools, uh, directing voice actors, you know, setting up like the individual like vo- the voice dialogue, like bits and pieces in the game itself. You know, so I just kind of like from a, from a writing position, it eventually evolved into the story lead position where I was then, you know, kind of taking care of all the, uh, the, what we now call like a narrative designer. Really at that time, I didn't even know that that position like existed or that there was a name for it. So we just called me story lead. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that brings me to my next question of just like, you guys did like write new things and re-record dialogue. Like I kind of assumed that you were just kind of like wholesale taking even recording and, you know, all the dialogue from the original game. I didn't realize you guys had made like new audio and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, I think that might have actually been a rule from Valve that we couldn't use their audio or something. Oh, interesting. We had to redo. I think I don't want to misspeak there, but there is a reason. Like we did the HEV. Like the HEV is all of our own dialogue. That's not even the original source files. Like ported over from Half Life to Black Mesa. Like we had to re-record all those. The Vox stuff is all re-recorded. So I don't know if we were allowed to. Did you have to find like soundalikes and stuff like that? Yeah, we held a uh, we held a audition, like an open audition, like way way back in like the mid two thousands, and that's how we found uh, Mike Hillard uh, and Kevin Sisk. Mike Hillard plays our scientist, and Kevin Sisk plays the uh, security guard and G man into doing the the Mike Shapiro line, uh, filling in the role for Mike Shapiro of doing both Barney and G man. So then we had Kevin Sisk also do Barney and G man. Oh, that's yeah. No, I I guess it's I think it's a compliment to say that I didn't know. Like, I, I thought it was like, you know, I was like, wow, they I guess they just like really cleaned up the original audio or something like that. You guys cast it well. <laughs> that's really that's really great and gratifying to hear. We uh, had a kind of a chance encounter with uh, Mark Laidlaw at uh, Dev Days a few years ago. And he even said that, oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher this anecdote. But he said that Hal Robbins, the original voice actor for the uh, the project was like being mistaken, you know, people were like, uh, apparently like complimenting him and his involvement in the game or mistaking his involvement for the game and stuff like that. And he was calling around trying to figure out what was going on. So that was, you know, also like a funny, uh, just a nice story to hear complimentary yeah, of course to Mike's talents. <laughs> He's like, wait, did I, did I, did I make another <laughs> Half-Life game? I don't think I did. Oh, that's right. funny. Um, yeah. what was it like working with Valve? I mean, is it, were you checking in with them a lot? Were you, as you were changing things and writing new dialogue, did you have to get approval from them or were they pretty much like, you know, shoulder shrug kind of like, yeah, just don't, you know, blow up any planets. Exactly. We could not say that we worked with Valve by any, you know, as dreamy as that would have been like we, but they did, they just kind of like shrugged and tossed us the keys to the kingdom. And like, that was it, you know, that's like, they just kind of gave us our blessing and stepped off. Uh, they would show interest whenever we release a trailer or something like that. Uh, they would, you know, kind of pop in every once in a while. 
um, way back in the days of the, the the original Steam, Green Steam, there was like a little Black Mesa update on there one day. We like fired it up and they were like, hey, Black Mesa looks pretty cool. And that was just, you know, mind blowing because that was the only kind of like uh, real communication or even like uh, acknowledgement of our existence that we were getting from them beyond the initial like, you know, uh, just their, their blessing. Yeah. I mean, now that the game's officially out, have you gotten any kind of feedback on the final product or anything like that? You know, we, we, we don't like go uh, like soliciting it directly. We kind of hear little bits and pieces, you know, from the side. Like there was a really gratifying uh, interview, I think, in PC Gamer, where I'm not sure how to pronounce this guy's uh, last name, but Dario Caselli, I believe his name is. He had said that he, you know, will play Black Mesa over the original Half-Life. And we got to meet him. We visited Valve a while ago and uh, we got to meet him and talk with him. That was really cool. And then to see him like, you know, just like name drop us in an interview after the fact was, you know, just uh, that's the kind of stuff. You know, that's 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 all we can expect. That's all we hope for. We really like that kind of stuff. You know, I guess I, one of the questions I had written down, which I, I wonder if you even have an answer for really is like, I wonder if because changes were made and Zen is so expanded, which I'll, I'll have I'll ask you about that in a minute. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they consider this the canonical version of Half-Life now because there are changes in it or or is it just kind of, you know, I wonder what they consider it at this point. Have you had any experience with Half-Life Alex yet? I have played and finished Half-Life Alex. yes. Okay, wonderful. All right, me too. Cool. So uh, without getting into too many like, spoiler territory, you know, but there is like that kind of Zen overgrowth stuff. Yeah. And so we, you know, like when those Zen plans initially came through, we were really kind of flying blind and going with a lot of gut instincts. And uh, the lead designer of Zen, the person who kind of put together the initial pitch uh, document, Chris Horn, he had all these ideas about you know like zen flora and fauna and how they work together and all these environments and stuff and there was something really interesting playing half-life alex i don't know if you saw this but there were these little like tendrils growing out of the ground that were just like mini half developed uh tentacles like from the half-life monsters there was a magazine cover that had like a picture of alex uh and it was like a really nice like uh illustration and that also kind of highlighted one of these weird little tendrils maybe i can send you a link or something after the fact show it off but it was cool to see that a lot of, like I said, a lot of these gut instinct things and like uh, ideas that Chris had kind of fleshed out out of this original document and the original world is apparently like really in line with, you know, what Valve did. I feel, you know, looking at like some of the, the weird uh, things that they did in the Zen world and some of the things that we did in our Zen world, like we, we definitely diverged in our own way. But because we were drawing from their world and because then they drew from their world also, there are these kind of like nice little overlaps and, you know, uh, things that seem to match up nicely, uh, you know, coincidentally or like serendipitously, you know, without any kind of outside, uh, you know, contact. But it's cool to see like those things coming back and mirrored in our version and their version. Yeah. So, I mean, while we're on the topic of Zen, I mean, why remake that portion of the game so thoroughly? I would say that because the that's a tough one. It's like I would say that because the original is uh, kind of like universally, I don't want to say like reviled, but you know the, the the original Zen is is known as like a kind of like a weird like dull thud in that the initial like Half Life storyline. I didn't really mind it that much as a kid playing it, but this is you know something that you and like the gaming press and like stuff like that have probably 
you know, aware of Zen's reputation in the, the yeah, of course. The, I, okay, yeah. I'm with you. Like, like I, because I played it when I was young, and I thought it was a, a cool finale. And I was, mm-hmm. it did kind. Of, I like coming back around on it and reading about Half Life and stuff. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess people don't really like Zen. Okay, that's yeah, surprising, yeah. but yeah. So that was kind of a, an incentive for you guys to like take another look at that part, which is generally underappreciated. Yeah, it just looked like it needed to be kind of like revisited and there's a lot of like you know game design stuff that we've tried to learn and pick up on and like uh you know and even just this kind of weird one-way communications that you have from valve with like their developer commentary and stuff like that and uh you know reading uh game design articles those kind of things just trying to modernize the approach to trying to make like a weird alien world and make it fit in the half-life series and still seem like it you know uh like a modular bit that can, you know, snap into the end of the uh, the Earthbound segments and stuff like that. Uh, but I guess just we were so ambitious with the idea that we needed to recreate, you know, that we needed to gut this thing and just like do like a complete rebuild. I think that's like how it became so so huge, you know, like in terms of like scope, and that's why it took so long to complete. Is that the uh, that initial thing that like we have to you know go pave over everything <laughs> you know that that kind of like yeah. laid out this huge expanse with maybe not as many constraints as we needed you know to finish like a few years earlier or so but you know with, with all that said that's uh that's kind of how it how it came to be this way yeah no it's been funny because i, di- I didn't realize how much had been how, how much you guys basically added to zen so i i've been streaming the game and i've been making steady progress and then like like a week and a half ago i'm like all right well i'm heading to zen so i probably got like you know two hour long live streams left we'll we'll finish this up and i'm like going on on like day oh, six man. and i'm like oh yeah i'm no i'm still in zen. <laughs> there's a lot here which is cool like i just got to um like the area where the vortigaunts are kind of like sort of friendly yeah, like I, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil too much but i i've, I've been really digging it and it's it, the big thing for me is like it was very surprising how long it's been but i've, I've been enjoying sort of the expansion of that section of the game it's been that's cool. really great to hear because that's where our, our audience there we're we're hearing both sides of that you know where they some really do wish that it was a much breezier clip and then others we're hearing that people are just loving the opportunity to just spend more and more time in this world and interact with more stuff so you know we're, we're, we're taking in both sides of that but it's really nice to hear that you're enjoying that stuff and uh especially that vortigon stuff that was some of my most uh that was some of the stuff I was proudest of with how it turned out, judging by just like the online reactions and, you know, like fan response to that kind of stuff. So I'm glad you're enjoying that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. In terms of like, you know, the, 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 the majority of the game, which is just a full on remake, like how did, were you guys able to use any code from the original game? Were you able to build on top of on top of, you know, existing elements or was it really just starting over from scratch and and looking at the original game? Okay, like so we started on the original like source SDK like I mean honestly like don't tell anyone but like these guys started on the initial like leaked Half-Life 2 beta you know what I mean like so that's actually been one of the biggest things to you know like one of the biggest problems in building this thing is like holding on to all this old code and building all these things and then as things advance and as the engine gets older and older and things aren't advancing there and trying to port things from uh, different versions of the source engine, you know, I, I can't speak to how much of the original code is there and how much is not. Like, I remember we threw in our uh, the HECU, like the, the human grunts, we threw them in with a like a stripped down uh, version of the Combine's initial AI and I think it's still basically that, you know, uh, but that we've we brought in a new programmer in the last couple of years and he really came in and retooled a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, there's still that like base there, but they've built so much on top of these things that I don't know. I would not be the person to ask to like, you know, figure out where our stuff begins and their stuff ends. Uh, this is and then now kind of off the back of that is like a two-part question Mm -hmm. like you know you guys are on your you know boots on the ground you're remaking the game you're making progress and then as you're looking sort of at the broader you know design document of the game what is the point where you're like oh i can't wait to work on that part i really want to remake that part and then what's what are the parts where you're like oh i'm dreading that i don't want i i just want to finish that section as quickly as possible so we can move on to the fun stuff you know like what is the part you're excited to remake what is the part you are dreading to remake Hmm, that's a good question i was uh you know i was just like excited to be along for uh the ride there uh it was and got these like huge documents in and like looking at them, you could tell they were huge and there was a lot going on there. It was clearly like a huge amount of thought put into the world and the environments and why these things interact in the ways they do, why uh, this map looks this particular way and this map, you know, looks this particular way, like the flora and fauna over here as compared to the organic environment stuff over here. Uh, you know, so just kind of seeing all this stuff get built up and then having these maps that were like beautiful and really cool but they they didn't have like enough to do inside of them so i guess that's the part where i got really excited was like oh we've got these spaces now that like we've created all these spaces but we don't have you know anything to we don't have enough to do within these spaces so then i got to kind of like try to figure out the uh the, the core, you know, uh, design, like the way to get, the way to slowly progress these ideas and these puzzle sequences, you know, step by step, level to level. And like, we did a lot of really fun stuff with like uh, teleportation and crystal chargers and pedestals and things like that, that weren't in the original game. And so I got to kind of figure out how to break down those puzzle pieces, you know, how to like basically, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, boil that down into like the most like, you know, uh, the primary components and figure out how to distribute them, you know, piecemeal throughout the level so that by the end of the level, the player knows what to do when we throw like a larger puzzle at them. That was the kind of stuff that really, really, really excited me to get involved with that. In terms of things that I was dreading, that's a tough one. It's just, uh, the thing that would be, the thing that would, create dread would be the on the, the flip, I guess it's the flip side of what I just described there the idea of like oh cool a big open space and I get to like figure out what we get to put in here to make sense of it to make fun of it but on the flip side of that the thing that was so dreadful was uh, maybe like too much expanse and not being able to like cut things and kind of having to be forced into you know maybe elongating puzzles longer than they you know pass their they're, uh, you know, well past their welcome or things like that. That would kind of be the, the hardest thing would be, or what I would dread would be, you know, uh, too much. Like remaining too faithful maybe uh, in certain situations? Yeah, I, I don't even know if like faithful, I don't know if, if you can even like look at the game and say it's faithful at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, more like just trying to just kind of like looking at it and being like this is what it is like this is what's going in the game it's too big it can't get cut like we have to make this work and like i am sweating it you know trying to make this work i think that would probably be what i could describe as a dreadful i don't know if i, I might have gone a little out of the range of your question there if that's no that's <laughs> okay. fine yeah um so the game released pretty close to half-life alex was it like a week or two weeks maybe something like that <laughs> three weeks something like that we we timed it so that we saw this huge release window coming in march where it was like half-life alex doom and like all these other games coming and so we planned it that we would be able to have at least like three to four weeks of an opportunity where we could like you know hopefully dominate the news cycle for a little bit yeah well i mean that was that's my question is like the proximity to alex seemed very smart and i mean considering you guys worked on the game for as long as you did like to me, it's it, it almost felt like crazy that the finish line came so close to Alex, but that was, I mean, you guys tried to get as close to it as you could when you learned that Alex <laughs> existed. We were, we were like kind of sticking a landing in that direction, but when, like, you know, <laughs> when we came to, you know, when we suddenly realized that the prospect that another Half-Life game might actually be released before we finish this thing, that was like, I think that was, you know, <laughs> like heads down, nose to the grindstone, like we have to finish this by, you know, end of February, early March, because we cannot allow this to, you know, we, <laughs> we can't allow ourselves to be on the other end of that Half-Life release. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like Valve just like sent you guys an email a while ago that was like hey heads exactly up. we're working on something you might want to get yours out around the same time because <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of hype around half-life just right. to head, you didn't get anything like we were, that right? we were as surprised and excited as the rest of you you know it was it was oh, amazing yeah no and and you have played through alex at this point yes yes i did i got to i uh i've got an old vive and i, I bought myself some index controllers and oh, so nice. i was able to give it a go through and it was, it was awesome yeah was i mean uh quick review i mean like what what do you think did you enjoy it? I am still, yes, I definitely did. I'm still putting together a lot of thoughts on it. I think my 
I love it. Absolutely. Like, uh, there, there's no, no question about that. I think what I'm experiencing right now is trying to figure out like my expectations versus reality, knowing that, uh, Sean Vanneman, I'm not sure what his name, how to pronounce yeah. that last name, the guy from it. Firewatch. Uh, okay, cool. Guy from Firewatch, Walking Dead season one, like did all these like great narratives, especially that Firewatch, like first person narrative where it's just you and the voice on the other end of a radio. And I just, I think I was building up in my head, like the end of the game is incredible. It's like a, an amazing reveal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, I think no I was spoilers, built, obviously, yes, if you yes, haven't okay, Alex, yeah, but I will, fantastic I will conclusion myself. to Alex. Like, I absolutely yes. agree with you. Yeah, yeah that jaw dropper is really, really cool, really well done, uh, expansive and, you know, uh, more questions, less answers, blah, blah, blah. But uh, the idea of Alex, I, I, got, I hyped myself up thinking that this Firewatch thing, having the, the writer from Firewatch, one of the writers, I'm not sure how many they have, but having him there and like Alex, like Valve is breaking the silent protagonist thing. So it must be very important that you are going to be a character communicating with somebody. Uh, I, just, I was just building up all this stuff in my head and I, I don't think I got the, like the Alex Russell relationship was great. But I was just expecting more of like an emotional core at the center of that like narrative with like you and the voice on the other end instead of just like the constant joke stream. I don't know if that's right or wrong. You know, that's just kind of like my take right now. I might completely revise this after, you know, playing through the game again and really trying to digest more of the story. But that, that's where I feel something was missing for me. Yeah, you know, I think that's totally fair. I'm kind of on the opposite end because, like, I love as much. I love all of Valve games. I love Half Life, but Portal mm-hmm. Two is like uh-huh. the the king of the heap as far as I'm concerned. I love Portal right. Two. So to get basically like uh, Eric Wolpaw comedy chops in there for like the course of the game, I loved it, man. Like I didn't. I never thought in a million years that like the funniest game of 2020 would be half-life Alex. (laughs) Uh, But I'm also, but like, I totally understand where you're saying because like it, Russell is, is uh, comic relief, like absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's like, really good comic relief <laughs> you know like yes. it's yeah don't it's, get me wrong it's the yeah, writers of portal that. giving you more comic yeah, relief but yeah. Yeah, but you're right it doesn't end in in like a way where you're like you know they really arrived somewhere these two it was more yeah. just like you know they russell made a lot of jokes and taught alex a lot about what the world used to be like mm-hmm. and stuff like that so even the, totally uh, the mother or excuse me the, the, the father-daughter relationship like the eli alex thing i mean it was it was there in these kind of like bits and pieces but i was just expecting more of a character to character connection throughout you know yeah. like i was just i don't know it's just that was my own expectation so yeah, no, totally reality fair. still happy with the finished product really really loving it but uh that's what i was hoping for so we'll see what happens yeah so um uh, circling back to you know the reason i called you black mesa of course <laughs> um are you guys con- thinking about controller support is there any thought of bringing it to consoles or does that get complicated considering you know it's it's uh valve's ip and all that stuff yeah, that's that's the scary. You know, like to me, that's like the 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 huge adult world of things I don't quite understand, like how those transactions are are made, you know, and how those things are rolled out. Uh, the console thing, I mean, it's a great. It sounds awesome. If Valve was on board with that, and we could figure out a way to do it, I mean, it sounds like a really really great opportunity you know, uh, for us and for hopefully like console players and the half-life world and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, if it plays out, we would, we would love for that opportunity, but we don't know what the, like, you know, the financial 
realities are like the workload realities of that are at least i don't i'll speak for myself sure i mean and i understand that that it would take valve kind of stepping up and and Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because like they would have to give because it it's it sounds like it's great the way they worked with you guys and kind of letting you off the leash but once once console ports come into the picture they'd probably have to kind of like roll up their sleeves and be like okay we got to sign some paperwork here right exactly Yeah. yeah like it just seems like even with like uh I mean, you're never going to see Black Mesa on the Epic Game Store. I'm guessing, you know what I mean. That's sure. like my, that's my. So I don't know if like. Although, if, Death, it, hey, if, Death Stranding's getting that Half Life content on the Epic Game Store. So really, which is interesting. Super weird. <laughs> interesting. Wow, yeah. uh, what an overlap there. Holy I know. Yeah, weird. Uh, oh, but uh, uh, but what about controller support for the PC version? Yes, we are. I, I promise we are working on that, and I, I scour the uh, our negative reviews on Steam, and I see people uh, disappointed and upset about that controller support, and also that some of our controller support uh, that we did have, or like key binding stuff, isn't accessible to uh, like all gamers in terms of you know just like what they are, what what they can work with. Uh, so we've got a yeah we we have to figure that kind of stuff out that is on the horizon and uh, we we do hear you know people calling out for controller support and where we're trying to to get all of that up to speed quickly because uh yeah we want people to play the game we don't want there to be any any roadblocks to people getting to enjoy it i'm going to butcher the quote here but i remember like shortly after half-life 2 came out um gabe newell basically said that they you know they announced they wanted to make new episodes episode 1 and he said the reason that we are deciding to do this because it was really novel at the time to add an expansion <clears> that way is he's like this team is really good at making Half Life Two, so I want them to be able to keep making Half Life Two. Yeah, and yeah. So I wanted to kind of like direct that idea towards you because you guys are really good at remaking Half Life right now. Have you thought about looking at the expansions like Blue Shift and Decay? Is that something you guys have discussed at all? Do you want to remake those? It is right behind now that Zen is out. The questions about whether or not we are going to be remaking Opposing Force, Blue Shift, Decay are our second most qualified, you know, like the second most frequent questions for of course. sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the third would be are we coming to consoles? Uh, <laughs> Okay. What, <laughs> yeah, other, what else should I ask you then? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that like stay up. But so, in terms of the DLC, I do not think we want to go back. There are there are very good, qualified, and, and passionate teams, just like we were back in the day. Like there are very passionate teams making remakes of those mods right now. You know, and we don't necessarily feel it is necessary for us to do that. You know, uh, and as a lifelong Half-Life fan, you know, not, not a lifelong, but, you know, half my life, literally, uh, like I, I am ready, I think, to move on to something that would be more of like a spiritual successor to Half-Life. So not something that is a successor to Half-Life. I mean, if Valve allowed us to do something again in the IP to create something like within their world, like that would be another conversation. But in terms of like what we, I think as a team need, like, you know, the, to be fulfilled creatively is to kind of take all the lessons that we have absorbed during both like a lifetime fandom of valve games and, you know, gamers and uh, developers. And, you know, just like, we need to take all that stuff. And I think we need to do something on our own. You know, in the vein of Half Life, you know, still do something that uh, where we are not 
um, we don't want to like throw away this kind of audience or this attention that we've, you know, uh, the, the community that we've built up over these like 16 years of development. You know, we've got like a lot of people who would be excited to see, you know, what we're doing next. And so we want to do something that will kind of fit with what their expectations are. But we also have some ideas for things that we want to do that'd be more uh, some some pivots and some interesting things. You know, we don't want to just I don't think like me specifically, I don't think that I want to keep trying to churn out things that are quasi half-life, you know, and kind of like uh, reliant on Valve or their support or acknowledgement. You know, I, I'd like to kind of step out from their shadow and do some things on our own now. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, supporting Black Mesa in the immediate future, but yes, maybe, maybe something yeah. original from you guys in the future. That's kind of the hope. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. The hope for sure. I mean, I've been wanting to make a video game of my own since I was, you know, a child, it's, you know, since I was like 10, nine or 10 years old. So like the opportunity now, like getting out from under Black Mesa and being able to make something, you know, unique and original, but, you know, using everything we learned making Black Mesa. I mean, that just seems like a dream opportunity. I couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, this will be a good final question and this is i'm not asking if you guys want to do this i think you just answered that question but do you think half-life 2 is due for a remake at this point or do you think it still holds up you know just fine i'm actually doing a little playthrough of uh half-life 2 now i again it's like i feel like i'm always behind the curve on these things i'm just like such a valve fanboy maybe but it seems like it's kind of en vogue now to uh like bash half-life 2 a little bit uh, it's like I'm just kind of hearing and seeing those those conversations out there in the world. And uh, yeah, th those people are wrong. Man, yeah, Half-Life is the best. I'm I I love it. I still think it's fantastic. I mean, it's not like just like playing Half-Life now. You can still see the flaws and stuff, but like I don't know. I just think appreciate what these guys were doing when they did it, and like it's kind of like the statement they made. You know, the line they drew in the sand. It's just like it's a, it's an incredible it's an incredible piece. I mean, if somebody can if somebody can remake it, I mean. Like, what's the option? Like, you're either going to remake Half-Life 2 in the Unreal Engine, that doesn't make any sense, or you could make Half-Life 2 in the, like, the Source 2, like, Half-Life Alex VR world. Like, like if, if somebody was out there making Half-Life 2 in the, you know, Source 2 VR stuff, I would definitely give that project time and attention. I would love to see that. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin. I really appreciate you taking the time and congrats on the launch of Black Mesa. I'm I'm pretty close. I like I said, I, I thought I was closer to the end. But you guys <laughs> made so much new content in Zen that it's like a whole other game. So I, I should be finishing it up soon. But yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and um yeah, good luck yeah. with everything in the future, man. Thank you very much. Right back at you, man. Thank you for your, your uh, time and thank you for your support and your interest. I really appreciate it. And so does the team. We all we all say thanks. Again, that was Benjamin Truman who was a writer and designer for Black Mesa, which is available right now on Steam. And just to plug my own stuff a little bit, you can actually find my full playthrough of Black Mesa on my YouTube channel if you want to see the game in action.